Well, let's review a bit uh, our core values here at Walloon Lake Community Church are Jesus is our everything. Jesus is the main thing we talk about, the one we lift highest, and the one we point people to the most. Uh, second, prayer is our power. We seek God in our gatherings, our decisions, and in our private lives as well. Uh, third, family is our framework. The church family grows better together. Fourth, scripture is our source. The Bible is our foundation for everything we teach, preach, and practice. Number five, love is our lifestyle. We share with others what we've received from Jesus. Matter of fact, our church motto is love like Jesus. That, that's who we are. Outreach, number six, is our objective. Lost people matter to Jesus, so they matter to us. Matter of fact, Jesus' mission statement was, I've come to seek and to save the lost. So that's what we're all about as well. Two weeks ago, we took our first look at the discipleship path. So uh, if you have your sheet that looks like this, let's look at that right now. Uh, those are the top three bubbles we looked at last week. Uh, new here, next steps, and come. This is all about where do we point people when they arrive at Walloon Lake Community Church? Where do they go? Let's say someone has planned their visit with Myron and his team, and they felt good about the visit, and we treated them like a family, and now they come back the next week, and perhaps they want to know more. They're interested in being a part of the church family. Where do we send them? Where do we send them? Now, here's been the problem. <laughs> Some people, well, they need to go and be with the McGeorges in their life group. Uh, no, I think they need Financial Peace University. Send them to Don and Martha. Uh, somebody else would say, no, get them in a marriage class. Get them in a parenting class. Get them in a women's Bible study. Get them in a men's Bible study. So that's the problem. They're back. Now, where should they go first? And we're all pointing in different directions. Um, this actually gives us a place we can all point them to. So uh, we're saying, let's get them signed up to the new here lunch. That's the first bubble on the left at the top. Uh, we do have one scheduled about six weeks from now, January 16th. And we're going to point people to the new here lunch, okay? And, and at that lunch, we're going to answer questions, allow them to get to know some key leaders, and point them at that meeting to the next steps luncheon, okay? And that will be the next month on February 20th. So we've got the new here, then we got the next steps, and at the next steps, uh, we're gonna share our church values that we just read through, answer questions, um, and then help them find their place on the discipleship path, okay? You help us and individually we'll talk with them. Where are you on the path? Because we wanna help you take your next step. Does that make sense, Henry? So we wanna help you. You might need to get baptized. You might need to join the church, become a member. You might need to get in Financial Peace University. 
You might need to become a follower of Jesus because you don't know him yet. But we want to meet with them and help them move from being an attender to a disciple of Jesus. Because Jesus said, go and make attenders everywhere you go. Is that what he said? What did Jesus say? Go and make what? Disciples. <laughs> everywhere you go. Okay? So we want to help them become a disciple. Without a clear path, we're just hoping that people can navigate their own, on their own and wind up a fully devoted follower, disciple of Jesus. And hope, it's a good thing to have, but it's not an effective strategy, right? It's a good thing that we have hope, but it's not a very good strategy. This path is more intentional about making disciples, more intentional about helping people take their next step. So, someone's attending Walloon online, in person, They've been to the New Here lunch, the Next Steps lunch. They've come to faith in Christ. They've gotten baptized. They went public. Uh, they've joined the church family. What happens after that? What, what's the next step after that? Uh, last week, look back at your discipleship path. Right under come, we said it's connect. It's time to get into a group. It's time to join a life group. Why? Because God created all of us with a need for himself. We have a God-shaped vacuum. But the Lord also created us with a need for other people. We have a need for Jesus. We have a need for other people. We said it's easy to stumble out of church. We've seen that happen the last two years. It's even easy to stumble out of a regular walk with Jesus Christ. But here's what we've learned it's almost impossible to stumble out of community. Once you're living life with a life group and you've got connections and you're connected, they're going to love you, they're going to call you, they're going to care about you, they're not going to give up on you. Uh, when we fall and we stumble in various ways, life groups will help you get back up. Ecclesiastes 4 and verse 10 reminds us. So we've got lots of life groups that meet year-round. Um, matter of fact, we heard this week, Chad, some of them have openings. So uh, if you'd like to join a life group, talk to us. We also have uh, lots of life groups that will start on January 16th, semester-based. So if you're not ready to commit for years and years, why don't you give one of the semester-based groups a try? The best place to make friends make connections, is get yourself in a life group, okay? Back to the discipleship path, okay? So, somebody has found Walloon, they've planned their visit, they've been to the New Here lunch, Next Steps luncheon, they know where they are in the path, they've been baptized, they're a member, you've connected with a life group, you're living uh, life with family, they're there for you, you're there for them, what's next? I'm, I'm done, right? Isn't that enough? Uh, well, uh, locate with me on your phone, in your Bible, Paul's first letter to the church at Corinth, okay? Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul's writing to a church with lots of problems, but he's also writing to a church with lots of potential, okay? Uh, if you're able, would you stand with me? 
we're going to read out loud, declare out loud together, uh, verses 4 to 7, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Let's, let's read. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for writing to a church with lots of problems, but you still loved them. Lord, you saw the awesome potential that was there in the church at Corinth, and you see the potential here in your church at Walloon. So thank you, Lord, that uh, this is your church. Uh, your son, Jesus, bought this church family and paid for it with his shed blood, which means, Lord, that all of us who uh, call this church our own, we actually belong to you because you bought us out of slavery to sin. So, Lord, we belong to you, and you give the orders. You're the master, so we're ready to hear from you today. Teach us about the good gifts that you've given. And, Lord, I, I pray that each person who knows your Son personally as Savior and Lord will know today you've given them a good gift, a spiritual gift to be used in the family. So, Lord, would you help us to believe that? And, Lord, would you help us to find our sweet spot? Help us to find our place in the family where we can start helping and serving one another here in the family. We need your help. Come now. We invite your Holy Spirit to come and rain down in this place. And all the members of the church family said with one grateful voice, Nice job. You can be seated. Verse 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. Paul's writing to the church at Corinth. To believers, to the church family that meets in the city of Corinth. Now, let's just think uh, about this. So, he's writing to followers of Christ, which means everybody here today, if you know Jesus personally, every one of you who follows and loves and lives for Christ, give me your eyes, you've been gifted. <laughs> you've been gifted. The Lord wants us all to know when you invite Jesus into your life, he brings with him a spiritual gift. So, uh, he, he brings with himself, when you come to faith in Christ, the Holy Spirit baptizes you. And now, as he comes into your life, he brings a gift which we're supposed to use to help each other in the church family. Now, there are millions of people who can teach in this world. There are millions of people who can sing. Uh, there are billions, probably, who can organize and build stuff, but without the empowering of Jesus and his spirit in us, it's just human effort, okay? So we're not just talking about doing what you can do, 
because that just produces wood, hay, stubble. 1 Corinthians 3.12. Nothing that makes a difference. Nothing that lasts. Nothing that will bring any lasting fruit to our lives. You got that? So when we're living in the Spirit and allowing the Holy Spirit to work and flow through us, now there's lasting stuff. Fruit that lasts. Fruit that makes an eternal difference is available to us. And part of that is that gift that we're using and in, in working out. Now, who decides what gift you get? Okay, Jose, who, who decided that, that you could be an amazing cook? Um, who decided, Jim, that you can swing an amazing hammer? Do you think about it? Who decides that? Who, who makes th that choice? And we get the answer, slide down to verse 11. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 11. It's the one and the only Spirit, so the third person of the Trinity, who distributes all these gifts. So when the Spirit takes up residence in our life, he decides and distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. So, uh, why am I able to do the things that I can do? Talents, abilities, gifts. God himself chose your gifts. He chose your abilities. He chose your talents. And he knew exactly what was just right for you. Now, I've heard different people down through the years, well, well I, don't, I don't like my gift. I, I'd rather have Henry's gift. So you're arguing with the Lord, your creator, and the Holy Spirit who lives in you, and you're saying you know better. I think not. I think not. Our duty, our responsibility, look at verse 7, is to get in the game and use our gifts to help one another. Verse 7, 1 Corinthians 12. Caleb, uh, show them this uh, fairly well-known stadium here in Michigan. Anybody been there? Can I see your hands? Yeah, yeah, lots of you, yeah. Uh, this is the big house, University of Michigan football stadium. You can leave that up there. You can go and watch a game with 107,601 of your closest friends. It's, it's really pretty intimate. Not. <laughs> now, here's my question. Keep that, keep that slide up there. How many of these 107,601 people are actually playing football? Think about it. How many of them are actually in the game? So I looked this up. Uh, a little over 100 people suit up in Division I for each team. But less than 50 actually get in the game for each team. So um, less than 100 people are actually in the game playing here. Okay, to be fair and balanced, put the next slide up. Okay. This is Michigan State Stadium. It's called the Woodshed. I thought that's pretty, pretty appropriate. Get taken to the Woodshed. Okay. Anyway, uh, 75,000 uh, people can sit in the Woodshed. Uh, so how many of these 75,000 are actually playing football? Well, the answer is the same. <laughs> 
you have a little over 100 people suit up for each team, but less than 50 actually get in the game. So you have uh, less than 100 people uh, in a stadium with over 75,000 people are actually playing in the game, okay? Now here's the challenge. Lots of us enjoy coming to church. You can take that down now, Caleb, thank you. Uh, lots of us sit in the auditorium, we watch, we listen, we spectate, along with, there's probably 200, 300 of your closest friends here. First uh, Corinthians 12, 7 tells us, if you know Jesus, if you're following him, then Jesus has come into your life along with his spirit, and his spirit has brought to your life a spiritual gift. And the purpose of that gift, look what it says, 12-7, so that each one of us can help one another. Each one of us, we can help one another. Um, Peter describes it a little different. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10. We'll put that up on the screen for you, I think. Um, if not, I'm going to read it for you. Here we go. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts, use them well to serve one another. I'm going to say it again. God's given each of you a gift. He's got a lot of different gifts, but he's given you a special one. Use them well to serve one another here in the family. So if you put Paul and Peter together, they're saying the same thing challenging us in the same way, just a little different words. Paul, help one another in the church family. Peter says, use your gift well to serve one another in the church family. So you got the apostle Paul, the apostle Peter telling us very clearly, I don't want you just sitting in the stands and spectating. I want you in the game playing. You understand? I want you to get your gift and get in the game. No more just sitting in the stands. If you look around right now, church family, go ahead. You got permission. Look around. Okay. How could you help the church family? How can you help those sitting around you? How can you use your gift well to serve the church family? Now, let me, let me give you some for instances. Uh, this last Wednesday night, um, children's ministry in the gym had over 60 uh, K through 5th grade uh, little ones running around. Uh, and, and frankly, they could use your help. Right now, today, uh, in nursery world, uh, we need more people who are willing to step up and do nursery duty on Sunday mornings. Pastor Brandt um, had 30 middle schoolers, junior hires, and didn't have enough help. Frankly, he could use you to step up and use your gift to serve the church family with teens. Matter of fact, he said even of greater need on Sunday morning, second service, uh, a great lack of help. Um, most of the help has evaporated. They could use your help Sunday mornings, second service. Pastor Chad 
um, I know for a fact we have a need for more people to open up their homes and host a life group. Well, I could never do that. I'm not a teacher. Well, I just have an encouraging word to say to you. We have something called Right Now Media, which is our gift to you, to everybody in the church. It has marvelous studies, and you don't need to teach it. It even gives you the questions to ask after it finishes. We'll help you get going. But the first thing you need to do is be willing to open up your home and host a life group. Prayer corner, you can look over there where the light is, okay? We have prayer warriors of the church. We could use a dozen of you to be willing to pray for and with people Sunday mornings. We've got a meeting next Sunday after the second service in the old kitchen. We'd love to have you come and be a part of that meeting. Um, Pastor Brandt, uh, back to him, is leading the online uh, church. Our online campus is what we call it. Now, here's what's kind of cool. Some of you are watching online right now and you're feeling safe. Oh, good. I'm not there. So you, did you know you can be an online host even when you're not right here in the service? Did you know that? Matter of fact, we have some people, for various reasons, they're, they're not ready to come back yet, but they're hosting online, they're talking, they're praying with people who are watching online. So we can get you in the game even while you're at home. Um, Pastor Andy, did you notice what Pastor Andy was doing today? Anybody? <laughs> he was playing his own drum. Um, some of you are hiding your talents under a bushel. Okay, and, and what, what do you say to that in the song? Hide it under a bushel. No, what are you doing? If you can play a drum, if you can play a guitar, if you can sing, if you can help with sound, if you can help with projection, I'm telling you, we need you to help and serve the church family. Somebody said, well, my gift is mechanical. I'm good at fixing cars. How does that apply to me? Okay, we actually have three vehicles that the church family at all locations own. And did you know none of them are new vehicles? <laughs> uh, they, they all regularly need some help. We also have widows and single moms who have car trouble again and again and again. It's winter season, y'all. Uh, snow and ice, sidewalk Sunday mornings. We have a team that could use some of your, show me your muscle, come on, show, show it. Some of you have enough muscle, you could come and on Sunday mornings get here bright and early. Keith Bradley leads that charge, he'd love to get you going. I'm not done yet. Uh, Christy Graham oversees the folks who greet people as they come in and makes, makes up the schedule. She also oversees the coffee team. Isn't that cool we have a coffee team now? Yeah, because after you're done, some of you can't wait to get your coffee, okay? So you could be a part of that ministry as well, okay? Um, here's my point. We, we've got lots of places. Don't, don't, well, you don't have a, yeah, I think we do, I think. Now, in the last two years of the pandemic, we've lost approximately 50% of our in-person attendance. That's just reality. And uh, 
churches our size were about right where everybody is. Uh, some of the other churches I know who are a little bigger, the bigger you are, the bigger the hurt, okay, these last two years. But here's maybe what you don't know. We've lost about 75% of our volunteer staff. So 50% in person, 75% uh, we've lost of our volunteer staff, folks like you, that we rely on to do church, okay? We need you to get in the game or to get back in the game, perhaps, for some of you. Now, here, here's a question. Somebody could be saying, well, why should every born-again follower of Jesus find their place to give and serve and help? What's in it for me? Okay, so I'm going to give you five quick reasons for getting in the game and serving, okay? So if you want to write these down, maybe this will help you. Choosing to serve is obedience. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, we just read 1 Corinthians 12, 7, you've been given a gift. We just read 1 Peter 4, 10, you got a good gift, use it. So it's obedience to God's word, God's plan. And here's what you need to know. God blesses obedience. Did you know that? When you do it God's way, there's a blessing for doing it his way. He, he loves it when we see his book and we say, you know what? I, I'm going to do it your way. You've given me a gift. Okay, I think I'm going to use my gift that you've given me. Second reason to get in the game. Serving allows us to discover and develop our spiritual gifts. It, it allows us to find out what they are and, and then be aware of them and start using them more. Story, true one. In high school, uh, there was a need for a Sunday school teacher for fourth, fifth, and sixth grade boys. Sound familiar, Scott? <laughs> and I just happened to be the nephew of the Sunday school superintendent, and he also was my boss where I worked. So when your uncle, who's also your boss, comes knocking, uh, it's hard to say no. So as a sophomore in high school, I became the teacher of the fourth, fifth, and sixth grade boys. Which is where I discovered I actually had some abilities for teaching. Which started getting used and then... I felt good, and that became 10 years as a youth pastor. Uh, and then now it's been over 30 years here at Walloon Lake preaching and teaching. But here's my point. It was choosing to get in the game as a sophomore in high school helped me discover the gift I had no clue I had. I didn't know I could teach. Some of you here today have undiscovered gifts and talents, and you won't find out what they are until you get in the game. That's the truth. Some of you have no clue what your gift is, so I'm saying we'll, we'll find a spot that has a need, and, and you just might uncover a talent. Uh, third reason to get in the game, because choosing to serve and use your gift is so much more exciting and challenging than watching in the stands. I promise you. Way more exciting. 
Uh, how many of you enjoy watching sports on TV? Can I see your hands? Yeah? Some of you? Yeah? I won't ask how many of you hate it. Uh, but you like to watch. Here's what I know. If you're Trevor Cruzel here today, star football player at Boyne, star football player up at Northern, way more fun to be on the field with the Ramblers than watching from the stands, okay? Um, way more fun to be on the field with the Wolverines last night than to be as fun as it would have been to be in the crowd. I promise you, the players that were in the game, it was so, more, so much more exciting for them to actually play. A good game is fun to watch, but it's great when you're on the field. It's great when you're actually in the game using your talents, your abilities, your gifts. Fourth, serving is the path to greatness. Serving is God's road to being great. What do you mean? Mark 10, 43, whoever wishes to become great among you must become your servant. <laughs> Serving others in the church family, helping others in the family is what makes us great in God's eyes. Okay, Mark 10, 45, uh, for even Jesus came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Greatness in Jesus' eyes is serving the needs of others. So if you want to be great in God's eyes, then get in the game. Fifth reason you should get in the game and start serving is because choosing to serve is choosing to step up and become an active part of God's plan, listen with me, to reach and change and love and save Northern Michigan. That's where the, God's plan A, B, C, D, E, F, I could keep going all the way. God's full plan is the local church, okay? And, and he brings us together to use our gifts and serve one another that Together we can reach out and see Walloon Lake saved and changed, Boyne City, Boyne Falls, Petoskey, Elmira, East Jordan, Alanson, Odin, Charlevoix. If I missed your little burg, I apologize. All of northern Michigan, God's plan is the local church. If you regularly attend or watch online, and you find Jesus and church and the Bible boring and uninspiring, here's what I know about you. If you say, ah, that's boring, you're not in the game. <laughs> that's what I could promise. If you're feeling like I'm kind of bored with this church and Jesus stuff, then you're not in the game. Because when you're on the field, church family is the most challenging and exciting and amazing thing you could ever be a part of. It really is. So if, if you find it kind of boring, you're not in the game. Now, I'm going to be real blunt and honest right here. What, what's sad to this pastor, okay? Um, when COVID shut us down for 13 weeks, and now two years later, after multiple adjustments, masks, distancing, surges, variants, Okay, 
track with me. Many people uh, realized their lives were just too busy. I get that, okay? When we were forced to slow down, put our lives on pause because of the virus, many people did a little inventory on their lives and said, you know what? Uh, I'm way too busy. My life is way too hectic. Some things need to go. And they started eliminating stuff. Uh, and here's the truth. Many of us were too busy. But what's sad to me is that for many followers of Jesus, serving and using your spiritual gift was the first thing to go. That's what makes me sad. The very first thing you eliminated, well, I, I can eliminate church and, and serve in there. And, that, and, and because I follow many of you on media and see you, I know lots of other things didn't go. But serving in the local church family was the first thing to go. Serving in the local church family is a casualty of COVID. That's a fact. We're down 75%. I know other churches that are down over 90. Would you grab your discipleship path with me, please? One last time. We're looking at that middle bubble on the bottom. It says contribute. Serve in a ministry. I'm asking all of you here to find one area of ministry to serve in, okay? I think there were old days. Uh, some of us were surfing in two, three, four, five, I remember six areas, and I'm saying I agree, that was unhealthy, it really is. But would you prayerfully consider serving the church family and getting in the game in just one area of ministry? Not asking for six, five, or just one area of ministry. It might be helping in children's world. It might be helping Pastor Brandt with the online campus. It might, might be, uh, I'm going to be a part of the prayer warrior team. Um, it might be opening up your home and hosting a life group. It might be helping with teens on Sunday mornings. Um, so if the Lord is knocking and it's time to get in the game, guess what? We have a place for you to sign up to get in the game. I'm ready to serve. <laughs> I'm ready to answer the call. Or I'm ready to start serving again, maybe for many of you. Okay? On the sheet there, it, it asks you for your name, your email, your phone, and the area that you're interested in serving in. And if you're not sure, just write surprise me. Okay? We love surprise me's. We really do. We love to surprise people. Um, so if you're not sure, we'll help. We'll find you a spot, okay? Right down here in the Welcome Center, as you head out toward the back door, we have a sign-up sheet there. Here's my final question. Where are you serving today in this church family? Where are you serving? And if you're not... Won't you today choose to get in the game or to get back in the game? It, it, it really, it, it's a command. 
And we might have had a hundred reasons why we stepped away. But I believe God's asking today, won't you get back in the game? Let's pray. Lord, I believe that each person here watching online who knows your son as Savior and Lord has been blessed with a good gift. A spiritual gift that you've given them specifically to serve and help out here in the church family. So Lord, I'm asking that you might move today in your church family. Because the truth is, we got lots of pieces of this body, church body, that are missing. And I'm asking, Lord, that you might make it clear today, whether you're watching online or here in person, whether you're calling them to get back in the game. So we're, we're listening, Lord. So here's my question. Is the Lord talking to you today? Is he saying um, it's time to get back and get in the game? And I could come up with a lot of reasons and excuses, but Lord, I, I want you to know I'm ready to serve. I'm ready to get back in the game and see my lifted hand right now. Anybody? Lord, see my hand. Enough of the excuses. I got reasons, but I want to get back in the game. Anybody else? Lots, lots of folks just lifted their hand. Anybody else? Because I want to pray for you right now. Lord, thank you for the church family here in Walloon. Thank you, Lord, for uh, all the good, strong gifts that you've given. And there might even be some who lifted their hand who don't have a clue what their gift is. But Lord... Um, we're ready to help them find their gift. Thank you. Thank you for working. Thank you for moving. Thank you for uh, calling to each and every one of us. And Lord, we don't want to quit here on Sunday because most Sundays we have folks watching online or here in person who don't know your son personally. They don't know Jesus. They've never said, I do, and invited Christ to save them from their sin. So, Lord, I'm asking that even right now you'd knock loudly. And we're asking, Lord, that there might be some who are ready to say, yes, Jesus, I want you in my life. I want you to save me. I want your spirit to come inside. I want you to bring a good gift. And here's the truth. Faith in Christ begins with the gospel. 1 Corinthians 15 says it clearly. Jesus, I believe you left the glory and splendor of heaven, took on a human body, sinless life. Therefore, uniquely alone, Jesus, you qualified to be the sinless lamb of God. Jesus, I believe you shed your blood on that cross for me. And my greatest problem, I'm a sinner. 
Jesus, you took my place in the grave, but you didn't stay dead. You're alive. You're knocking on my heart's door right now. You're ready to come in. So by faith, you can just tell Jesus, come in. I'm opening the door of my life. Come in and wash me clean head to toe by your shed blood. I invite your spirit to take charge. Jesus, be my savior, be my king, be my master. Jesus, be my forever friend. You make your way to the prayer corner. If you're watching online, you can hit that prayer button. We've got hosts. They'd love to pray with you and pray for you about that decision. We'll get your Bible. We'll get you off to a good start. Thank you, Lord, for being awesome and doing awesome things in our lives. It's in Jesus' mighty name we pray all these things. Amen.